Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church, and I'm joined today, as always, with my good friend and the head pastor at Generations Church, Mr. Jeff Ludington. How you doing, Jeff? I am doing well. I'm glad to be here. We're getting another episode done. Today is a fun topic, a hard topic, a culturally, um, we'll call it debated, or well, probably not debated anymore, but a very culturally relevant conversation. So uh, I like when things are good, practical, and, and something that help us in everyday life. So I'm good. I'm looking forward to today. Nice. And it's probably better that it's not quite as early in the morning as we've done some of the other ones. This one yeah. takes some, some thought, <laughs> some explanation. So uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we are doing a series called Questions from the Classroom. And if you're joining us for the first time, shame on you. Where have you been? Oh, no. Here we go. They're going to click off now. Yeah, go go back and yeah, click off and go back and watch and listen <laughs> to the other ones and then catch up. Um, so us. questions from the classroom. These are questions from our high school students here at, at the school where we teach. Uh, and and I'm, I keep waiting for the week we have an easy one. But these kids do not ask easy questions. I guess if they were easy, they'd already have answers for them, right? <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but this is also one, too, that I could see kids asking over and over again, trying to get the answer they want. I think this is one of those questions that we have an answer we want. We want mm-hmm. our ears tickled. We want it something that we can agree with. Sure. And sometimes we can't. Um, I love the fact that you're willing to tackle these difficult questions, that mm-hmm. you're willing to tackle them from a biblical point of view to explain them. I think some pastors ignore questions like this yeah. because they know they're controversial. I think some pastors will say, well, God says so, and so that's it. Sure. No explanation. So here's the question. Why does Paul say women cannot teach or ask questions in church? So... Referring to the passage, we'll read the one from 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Let a woman learn quietly with, with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So hmm. have at it. <laughs> <laughs> here you go, and I'm out of here. Okay, yeah. So um, the question, why does Paul say women cannot teach or ask questions in church? The ask questions in church part, I would, um, I would say that's not what it's saying. Um, there was a male-female separation in the temple back in the day, right? So there was this pattern inherited from Judaism uh, where men sat in one place and women sat in another, right? And so the let a woman learn quietly, sometimes I've, I've heard by reputable folks say that there is no kind of shouting from one space to another. And I'm not sold that that is exactly what it's saying. If that's the case, that made sense. Uh, but I think it's mostly this idea that uh, it, that it's it's more the spiritual authority side. And so I do not, what he says very clearly uh, is, let a woman learn quietly and with all submissiveness, right? So let her learn, and there's a posture, a, humili- a posture of humility, right? But it, it doesn't say to whom yet. And then it says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, whether she is to remain quiet. So that quiet side, right, is about the authority, right? It's actually like we could just kind of translate this into humility. And then it talks about Adam and Eve, right? And so this for me, uh, when I hear questions like this, it's about gender roles in the home and in the church and where scripture gives us this image, right? And so 
Uh, we are a part of a church. I pastor a church or an elder at a church that is complementarian. What that means is that we believe men and women are equal but different, right? That God created gender. It's, it's not fluid. It's not what you choose it to be, but it's biological. It's designed. And that God made both genders to complement one another, right? And in that, there's different functions, right? There's a, a husband and a wife, right? That marriage is one man, one woman. And that there are some, some classic roles. And that doesn't mean women can't work or anything else because we see women working all throughout Scripture. Uh, Christian women, good examples of women, right? So it's not that, but there are some roles. And there is some design in this. Uh, women are designed differently than men. And, uh, you know, women are oftentimes far more nurturing and loving and, and in different areas where men are different, right? And so it's in that differences, in, in the design that God has created uh, I want to go all the way back to before uh, sin entered into human history, right? That there was a design. And so Adam is created first. He's given the law. And then what we see is humanity's sin. We see Eve sin first, and then we see Adam follow her into sin. We've talked about that passage before. Uh, but long story short, the sin we're held accountable for is Adam's, not Eve's, right? And the reason for that is the positional authority that God delegated to him. So it's not inherent power or authority or some kind of one is better than the other. It's that God delegated authority to Adam. And so as that plays out, we also, we also inherit his failures, right? And so fast forward to the New Testament church, and there's a repeated phrase. Colossians 3 says, Wives, submit to your husbands is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. Right? So there's a, another submissive side, Right? 1 Peter 3 says, Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Right? So wives be submitted to your husbands, even if your husbands aren't Christians, aren't solid believers. Maybe they're not even good people, but you might win them over by living the way God created you to live. You, they might see the gospel through you. Ephesians 5, same thing. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and it is Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself his, its savior. Now the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything in their husbands. Now, Ephesians is the longest passage. There's three, there's three verses directed to the women, and then there's eight verses directed to the men. And so if you're hearing this, uh, just kind of do the math. Uh, God's pretty hard on the men. Like, hey, you're called to lead, you're called to be responsible for this. But there's a parallel that we are to learn from the relationship between Christ and the church. That's our parallel, right? So God assigns roles to humanity based on God's plan, God's reasoning, all the way from creation before sinners in human history. So we can't say this is just a part of the sinful broken world. That was before that. Adam got to name the woman, Eve, right? He did that as a positional show of what, God, what authority God had given him. But it's also not inherent. It's given by God. And so we see that fast forward into Scripture, and it plays out even today. Right. Now, as you mentioned earlier, this is definitely something that goes against our culture. Right. Right. Countercultural. Um, so I can understand why people would struggle with this. Um, but I can also see where people would misuse this, where a man might say, hey, men are better than women. Husbands are better than wives. Right. And point to these verses. So how would you answer that? So I would go right back to Scripture. Remember the first verse I read about this. Wives, submit to your husbands, Colossians 3. Uh, that's verse 18. Then verse 19 said, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. And so 
Then we talked about Ephesians 5, right? As Christ loves the church. That's the model. So we're supposed to not be, um, you know, bullies and jerks and, and also, but we're also not supposed to abdicate leadership to our wife, right? You can be all the way over here, the meek, timid, oh, I just let my wife lead. Or you can be all the way over here where you're just a dictator and, or at least the first syllable of that. And, you know, so uh, we should avoid both those sides. And what we should do is be Christ-like in our leadership. And that, that's true of all leadership roles. You and I teaching students in high school, me pastoring a church, you being an elder in the church, community group leader, all these different things. We should have Christ-like leadership, right? We should, do, we should be like servant leaders, right? And, and I don't see the role of husbands in Scripture as being um, the dictator tells everybody what to do, right? But rather, servant leadership as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, says Paul of the Ephesian church, right? So that's in the wording. It's baked in. But there's another side of this. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says this, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. And I'm not reading that just to emphasize the headship or the, and, and headship there is um, like the head of a river flowing. It's its supply and support, right? It's uh, where it derives, you know, all that it needs from, right? So the, the husband should be that for his, or the father, you know, husband, father should be that for their family. But, but it also says now that Christ uh, and the head of Christ is God. And so here's what we know about Jesus. Jesus is co-equal with God the Father and God the Spirit. He is God the Son, right? But even in that title, God the Son, he is an equal part of the Trinity. He is fully God, and yet he defers leadership to God the Father, right? Especially when he's here in human flesh on earth 2,000 years ago. He says, I don't do my will at all. I do only the will of the Father, right? And so what we're shown is an equal person, right? An equal player in this conversation or role uh, can defer leadership to someone else. And so I don't think I'm any better than my wife. I think we're equals. Complementarian means equal but different. I have people on staff that, uh, you know, in an org chart, they're below me. But in value, they're equal to me. They're equal human beings. Before the eyes of Jesus, all equal. But we do have a position, positional roles. And so this just shows us how even Christ defers to the Father. Excellent. Yeah, and I think uh, for many of us, we see, as we look around, we see that, you know, women might struggle with this and say, well, wait a minute, you want me to be submissive, but right. we don't always see men stepping up and doing what they're supposed to do, right? I think no. both of us would say when, when you're at church, you see a lot of wives bringing their kids to church and the husbands are not there. Right. Right? They're taking over that role because the husband's not filling it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's a, honestly a burden in my heart for the church is that men have abdicated their role in so many cases. So we are, at Generations Church, we're intentional um, about being kind of attractive to men, if you will. Uh, and so we're not super flowery or frilly in our decorations. In fact, you know, uh, wood background on the stage and a, uh, you know, a powder-coated kind of really cool backlit cross. And uh, our, you know, we have a lot of wood grains. We have a lot of different things. And, and it's, it's really by design because wives love that we can get their husbands to church right and they love having their husbands sit with them in church and want to go to church and so we're not um we don't overlook women we're doing it in partnership with women for the women and the children that we can uh that we can grab those men and so we are unique in the fact that we're almost 50 50 
where most churches are 60% women, 40% men. And that's because we live in this culture um, that has been so redefined. And, you know, today, you know, women can do anything men can do. And, and maybe that's true. It's not, it's not a, about ability, right? It's about what is God calling us to do. Lots of people could do my job. That's great. When God calls them to, that's when they should do it. And when God calls me to, that's when I should do it. But today, you can reassign gender now. You can have a gender reassignment surgery. And for me, I, I, again, that's cosmetic. That's not genetic, right? There's still, if they leave blood at a crime scene somewhere, it's still gonna show an X and a Y chromosome and be male or XX and be female, right? So you're just doing an, an, an outward appearance. But now you can be, you know, without gender. You know, they're creating new pronouns. So our culture is redefining things that God has created. So that's why it's controversial today. But have you ever heard of a female Catholic priest? Well, no. You know, have you ever heard of a female Catholic bishop in the Orthodox Church? Well, no, because this is what God created. Like, in even other versions of Christianity, this is all over. The, this is baked into humanity. When we try and redefine it and redesign it, we break it. And in many of those cases, like you mentioned, a wife trotting off to, you know, to church with her kids, it's because the dude's sitting at home. And we want to reach those guys because we believe that that family functions best if he becomes the spiritual leader in the home. But that's going to take a lot of work because he didn't even go to church and the wife does. How does he impact that family? And so this is, a, this is something we really truly strive towards. Great. So there's good information here about husbands and wives. There's great information here about church leadership. Um, if a kid asked you this question, if a student mm-hmm. asked this question, and then they said, okay, I understand what you're saying, but... I attend a church with female pastors. Yeah. What advice would you give them? How do they deal with that with, in light of these passages? Well, when that female pastor gets up to teach, I think you should plug your ears and run out screaming. <laughs> no, I'm, so here's honestly, so I, I just couldn't help Hopefully myself. Nobody sorry. nobody ends it right there. I know. Yeah, all the women just clicked off. I'm sorry. I apologize. So, all right, here's what I really truly think. You must own your own biblical position. And uh, I have a theological conclusion here. Uh, yet I still listen to new ideas and, and people that disagree with me. In fact, some of my, my strongest or, or deepest convictions come from having conversation with people or reading people or doing whatever but with people that disagree with me. Okay, well, what, how do they arrive at that, right? And so if you're listening and your church is different, uh, your church has female elders, female pastors, female preachers, whatever it might be, um, with respect, I think you should ask about it. I think you should ask. If you're really concerned about the biblical doctrine on this, then you should probably first pray and, and, and study Scripture and ask what you, what you see there, right? A- and then respectfully and humbly, right, go and ask the other side of the equation. Ask a female pastor, right? You should hear not just from me, and you should never just trust me. You should hear from Scripture, right? And I would just say, when you ask this question, here's what I hope you listen for, right? When I answer this question, I go straight to Scripture. I believe that Scripture is the inerrant, infallible rule of our faith and practice, right? That it drives who we are as a church, not what I think, not what you think, not what the listener thinks, right? That Scripture drives that, right? That Scripture gives us what we need today, not just back then, but today. And... Teach, uh, churches that teach differently, they'll teach that the scripture is, you know, says this or says that. They'll tell you, hey, I want you to tithe because the Bible says this, right? 
but then what is their position on this? No, well, that was just a patriarchal culture back then or whatever, or, or blah, 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 right? Well, don't excuse Scripture, live into Scripture, right? If they tell you to believe Scripture on one hand, but not on another, well, who's the ultimate authority, them or Scripture, right? And so I would say with respect, go ask, and ask for their biblical position, ask for their theological conclusions, learn from them, listen to them. Um, and for me, just is their argument, their position, is it biblical, right? Or do they point at obscure things like Junius's mention in Romans 16, who was well-known among the apostles? Well, that doesn't say she was a well-known apostle. It says she was well-known by them or among them. She hung out, right? Do they use vague things to define their theology, or do they use very, very clear statements like, I don't permit a woman to teach, Paul says, or wives submit to your husbands, or whatever, right? Like, that this is very clear. We always use the clear things in Scripture to help us define the vague things. We don't do it the other way around. So I would say, respectfully, humbly, pray, seek Scripture, ask them, right? And hear them out. Be willing to learn from them. Be willing to find that I'm wrong and they're right. Always with respect, always with humility. But you should have this conversation. You should know what you believe here. Excellent points. And I, I think that goes not just with a question like this one, but with, with any question. Yes. Right. So, yeah, this is one of the reasons I was I was brought up, taught to have my Bible open while the pastor is preaching. Yeah. Right? Are they giving me opinion? Right. Or are they actually coming straight from Scripture? Find a church where that's going on. And as you said, listen to what they have to say, but you got to know Scripture. Yeah. And yeah. so diving into Scripture, reading it for yourself, making sure if you don't understand it, ask somebody and say, hey, can you explain this to me? But if they're trying to explain it away... Right. As opposed to trying to explain what it means. That's that's a warning sign. Yeah, yeah for sure. Good. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? We're just about out of time. You know, maybe just as a quick thought. Submissions for all of us, right? Uh, Ephesians 5, 20, I think it's 22, says wives submit to the husband. But before that, verse, four, the verse before that in verse 21 says submit to one another. First uh, Peter says be subject, or that would be another word for submitted, for the Lord's sake to every human institution. We just went through a season of... Uh, COVID, where, you know, we're in Southern California, it means that Gavin Newsom and, uh, you know, the LA authorities and Orange County authorities and California authorities, they did things and Trump did things and Biden did things and Fauci did things, whatever. You're bound to disagree with somebody in that list of people, right? But I believe that part of our worship is to submit. We submit to authorities, unless they're telling us not to worship Jesus, you know, or to deny Jesus or to worship, you know, Buddha or something, right? Always consider that ours is, uh, as Christians, is a life of submission, right? We take one for the team because it honors Jesus. And so be subject to the Lord's sake for every human institution, whether it be the emperor is supreme or to governors is sent by him to punish those who do evil, blah, 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 right? First Peter says. And so just submissions for everyone. It's not limited to women. Submissions for everybody, right? I have to submit to an elder board. Not have to. I choose to, you know, and, and I'm good with. We all submit to somebody, um, but what does it look like in the home and in the church? That was our conversation today. Great. Yeah, excellent points, and, and I would you know, just add to that that there's going to be things in the Bible that are difficult, Yeah. right? People walked away from Jesus because some of his teachings were difficult. Um, how you handle that says a lot about your faith, your trust in God. Do you defer and say, well, this is what God says, so I'm going to try to understand it right. and try to live by it? Or am I going to ignore it 
you know, cut out the verses you don't like from your Bible and throw them away? Yeah. Um, or am I going to try to explain them away and just say, okay, there's a, there's a way I can get around this. And that, that says a lot about you. And that says a lot about your church, if your church is trying to do the same thing. So defer to scripture um, and, and realize, yeah, there's roles to play. Are sure. you playing your role? Don't look at your, your wife or your husband and say, they're not playing their role. So therefore I don't have to play mine. Right. Yeah. Play your role and help them and support them and encourage them as they try to play their role. And yeah, that's great. Pray for them. That's a great way to, to end yeah. this. So we want to thank you for listening. Uh, again, questions from the classroom. We've got another one coming out next Tuesday, and we hope you will join us. We hope you will share this, like it, subscribe to it, get it out there any way you can so people can hear it. And if you have questions you'd like to ask or you have questions about what we just said and you want uh, responses, questions at generations.email is where you can reach us. Have a blessed week.